caution. This podcast contains adult language, sexual themes, and depictions of violence that some may find triggering. This podcast and its hosts are not responsible for the accuracy of the material presented, as it is strictly based on our own limited research and personal opinions. The information presented is not to be confused with actual investigative files pertaining to the cases or official court and or law enforcement records and transcripts. Okay, so we're going to play a little game that everyone should know pretty well. It's called Put a Finger Down, and for those of you who don't know how it works, you start with all your fingers up, and you put your fingers down if your answer to any of the questions is yes. All right, pretty fucking simple. All right, so put a finger down if you've ever had a sugar daddy. All right, Uh, put a finger down if you've ever done drugs. Okay, and this one, bitch, be honest, put a finger down if you've ever sent a hole pic. Now, I mean, listen, you were by yourself with headphones on, possibly, so no one's judging you, except for me and God. But be honest, because I got one more coming. Put a finger down if you've ever hated your life so much that you were willing to fake your own kidnapping, abandon your husband and two small children, waste thousands of taxpayer dollars, and face up to 25 years in prison. Anybody? Anybody going once, going twice? See, I didn't think anybody would put their finger down either until I learned about today's story. So today we're going to talk about a woman who elaborately faked her own abduction. Wild. Now, you already know that when a pretty, skinny, blonde-haired, blue-eyed white woman told the police that two Hispanic women forced her into a van at gunpoint and tortured her for 22 days, naturally, people believed her. Now, there was still a group of people out there who thought it was all bullshit from the beginning, but for the most part, America wanted to believe this woman. Well, that was until scientific evidence and a chatty side piece sent her story up in flames. Now, I know you've heard of Joan the Scammer, but have you heard of Sherry Papini? Alright, so it goes without saying that 1982 was a huge year for pop culture in the U.S. We had Steven Spielberg's cult classic E.T. came out, uh, Michael Jackson was still black, and he was hee-heeing his way into musical history with his iconic album Thriller. But what we didn't know is that on June 11th of the same year, a soon-to-be-famous Gemini and one of the worst, was born to a businessman and a stay-at-home mom in rural California. Now, as a Gemini myself, I would say that I'm ashamed, but after sharing the Gemini, you know, astrological camp with Kanye West, Donald Trump, Azalea Banks, the list goes on, what's one more narcissistic sociopath to the roster? Let's be real. So, Sherry Papini was raised in a Christian home with her sister, mother, and father. According to online articles, when she was in middle school, she met a boy named Keith. Now, she, Keith was in seventh grade. She was in eighth. They had their first kiss. A kiki is so cute, whatever. Little did they know that they would actually get married one day. And, okay, let's be real. They would also end up ruining each other's lives, uh, although I feel like it's more uh, Sherry ruining his. Either way, shortly after their schoolhouse, Besito, she moved away and the two lost touch. Now, in 2006, Sherry's 24, a new song called Sexy Back is climbing the billboard charts, and Sherry is climbing into her first marriage. So she married a platoon sergeant named David Dreyfus uh, by 2007, before Justin even got to tour with the song. The couple had already filed for divorce, which was finalized in 2008. So this is all according to the information that I'm getting off the internet. If it's not right, it is what it is. I'm all y'all got. All right, so you know what they say. 
The best way to get over a man is by hitting up the guy you kissed in eighth grade. So by 2009, less than a year after her divorce papers, the ink was dry. Sherry had already moved back to her hometown and was married to her middle school sweetheart, Keith. So the couple went on to build a life together in rural Northern California, and they had two children, one in 2015, one in 2013. Um, Everything seemed cute, but apparently something changed. I don't know what, but on the night of November 2nd, 2016, when Keith got off work at his job, uh, from his job at Best Buy around 5 p.m., he came home to find that his wife and two small children were not there. Now, Sherry was re- was reportedly a super mom who was very involved in her children's lives and activities, and she never missed their pickup from daycare. Well, that was until the day in question. So within the hour, Keith allegedly called the police and reported his 34-year-old wife was missing. So the official narrative was that Sherry had gone missing during a jog in the late morning, early afternoon of November 2nd. Apparently, she used to do two-mile jogs down the dirt roads near their Shasta County home. It's giving Forrest Gump um, and was training for the Casa Superhero uh, Run Marathon. So Keith was able to find Sherry's alleged kidnapping location by using the Find My Phone application on his iPhone. So he found her phone, earbuds, and some strands of her hair on the side of the road near their mailbox, which was about one mile from their home. Side note, my mailbox is right downstairs. I don't want to go. One mile from my home, I will never get my mail. I would never Ever. Anyways, she would later tell detectives that she purposely ripped the hair out of her head during the kidnapping so that her husband would know where she was taken. So she's it's giving Hansel and Gretel with the breadcrumbs. So everything, all of her belongings are still at home. So like her clothes, her jewelry, her purse, all of that is still at home. So Homegirl's gone. We have her belongings at home. Now, naturally, police originally suspected Keith, and they questioned him because everyone always assumes it's the husband because men are trashed. Not saying Keith is trash, but men as a species were disgusting. So upon realizing that, you know, she was gone and she'd been abducted, her family set up a GoFundMe account, um, and they were hoping to raise money to offer a reward for anyone with information to help them find Sherry. Uh, There were missing person signs and posters with Sherry's face all over the place. Uh, Her friends and family did interviews, and they were just like, she would never abandon her kids. She literally just went for a run. So everyone was convinced that this bitch, Sherry, had been taken. So this is where the plot gets thicker than a bowl of oatmeal. (laughs) When the police went through Sherry's phone somehow... Allegedly, they found two male contacts that were saved under women's names. So according to the reports, they interviewed one of the guys, but he had an alibi. So they're like, you're not a suspect. However, he did admit that he and Sherry had been planning to hook up, apparently. The other guy in the contact list was an ex who talked shit about her to the police and called her an attention whore. So we know now Sherry's missing And this chick had sneaky links in her phone, basically saved under the name Pizza Hut. So shit is getting weird, and the police are starting to wonder, and the general public eventually, uh, is Sherry the person that she says that she was? So we are going to jump in the front seat of a DeLorean and hop fast forward to Thanksgiving Day of 2016. This is 22 days after Sherry had initially gone missing. Now, at 4.30 a.m., this chick, Sherry, is seen by a truck driver 150 miles away from their home 
and she has chains all over herself, like two chains, but I got me a few on. She got chains on her arms, um, connecting to her, her, her torso apparently. Uh, and she's running and she is freaking out apparently, you know, giving crackhead energy, just losing her shit. Now she used to have long hair. Like when she was abducted, it was cut short. She had lost a lot of weight and she had these bindings and chains around her body. So she would later tell police that one of her kidnappers dropped her off there on the interstate. So, of course, the police took her to the hospital and they called her husband. Uh, when they took her to the hospital, or sometime around then, she mentioned that the underwear she was wearing, she had not changed. So the police took those to run DNA tests, and we will get back to that. Now, according to the reports, in addition to the shackles in my Mary Mary voice on her feet so she could dance. If you know the song, you know the song. If you know, you know. If you don't, you don't. Sherry had a broken nose, scratches, bruises, and a rash. She was also branded with some weird symbol that was burned into her fucking shoulder. So Sherry said that she was too scared to talk to the police. She was telling them that the kidnappers, she told Keith that the kidnappers said they work with the police and they threatened her. So her husband, Keith, had to use a tape recorder to try to interview her so that the police had something to work off of, like some sort of testimony. So somewhere down the road, you know, after she's back, Sherry starts telling her husband what happened. So she tells him that two Hispanic women abducted her at gunpoint and made her get in a, a dark SUV and then drove her to the place where she was allegedly held captive for 22 days. She told stories about how the woman taunted her and laughed at her and only spoke in Spanish so she didn't know what was being said. <laughs> Eventually, she gave enough details for the police to make sketches of these two women that we learned later on never fucking existed. So I'm sorry. I'm just, it gets me so mad to think about the, all of the, the women, the Latina women in this community who were, had no idea they were in danger because there was a white woman who said that a Hispanic, two Hispanic women kidnapped her. And gave enough details to where this man was able, the police were able to sketch up a drawing of, of two women they're looking for that drove dark SUVs. I, I, will, I can't, <laughs> but we're going to get back to the story because my blood is boiling. But anyway, she gave them enough details. They drew these sketches. Now, I don't know if it's at this point or a little bit earlier on, but the cops did give her husband, Keith, a lie detector test to make sure that, you know, he wasn't you know, lying or making any shit up. They also reached out to her first husband and he was like, nah, like I haven't heard from this chick in years. So I had already mentioned that she had told the police, you know, once she was back from her staycation, AKA abduction, that she'd kept on the same underwear the whole time. So the police took the underwear and they ran a DNA test. So what they found was uh, the DNA of a male and female DNA that didn't belong to Sherry or her husband, Keith, on the underwear. So... The cops came to the conclusion that perhaps she borrowed the clothes from one of the female captors, and that explains the, the woman DNA on them. So we're going to go to March 2017, when the general public and police are starting to really, like, everyone's starting to side-eye Sherry and her wild-ass stories, like, bitch, what the fuck? So this is when shit starts to go off the motherfucking rails, and... Uh, mm. Now, I want everyone to know this is alleged. She has denied this, so... I don't want y'all like saying, oh, I, I said this was fact. <laughs> I'm going to give you what the news story is and you can surmise and figure out where you want to go with this. The internet, because it's a beautiful place filled with wonderful people and, you know, all these 
unauthorized investigators, they found an old-ass MySpace blog post from 2007 that allegedly belonged to Sherry, where she was talking about how in school she was bullied by Latina girls. And she said she had to, she had to defend herself against the Latinos, and basically she had to uh, protect her whiteness and her heritage. I'm paraphrasing here. But she went on to express her support for skinheads, so white supremacists. This was all allegedly in this blog post from 2007. Now, if you're like me, you're going to be like, the math is starting to math. The math is mathing. Like, it's making sense why she described her imaginary captors as such. However, she did deny this and said that she did not write this. Someone else wrote it, pretending to be her. So I will leave that information for you to do with to do with it what you will. All right, so... Her, she also had that GoFundMe account I mentioned for the reward. So they raised $50,000. Now, according to reports, big chunks of this were used to pay off Sherry and Keith's credit card debt. Not to mention, Sherry received $30,000 from the California Victims' Compensation Board. As if it's not enough that, you know, you've taken everyone through this stress. She also took thousands of dollars in donations. Wild. So we're going to fast forward. Sherry and Keith are living a super low-key life. You know, August 2020 is where we are going to jump ahead to. So this is when Sherry and Keith have to go into the police station for another interview. Now, there is audio of this. I have listened to it personally. It's <sighs> infuriating, but also just interesting as well because it's just so bizarre. Uh, so you can also look that up. I know it is linked in a couple different podcasts, but you can also find it online, probably on YouTube. Um, they're at the police station, and this is when the police show her photos of the interior of a house uh, and of a room, and they show her in front of her husband, and her husband is who, Keith, unintentionally puts her on blast, because he's just like, bro, like, this shit matches the descriptions of what you told me, and, you know, when she described a room. So I'm assuming she gave her husband these vivid descriptions of the room that she was in, thinking no one would ever put two and two together, but also because she wanted to seem more legitimate, like the story was real. So if I really describe this room down to the to a T, people will really believe that I was held somewhere. So she didn't, I'm assuming she didn't bank on photos of that room showing up in the police station that day. So that is when her husband, Keith, is like, this all looks like the shit that you, the descriptions you gave me. They show her a lineup of women's photos, and she's like, no, I don't recognize anybody. They're showing her pictures of closets, uh, boarded up windows, and Keith is like, bro, like, this is everything that you told me. Like, her husband's like, this is, you know, this is the, this is it. And she's just like, nah, like, the wood grain is different. Like, she's like, really trying to make excuses. Like, no, 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 no. So, they, it gets to the point where they show her a picture of a cracked bathtub, and it's literally what she's already described to her husband. And I don't know if you've ever seen this Lady Gaga red carpet interview where they ask her if she said something, and she's like, well, that we didn't say that, but it looks an awful lot like that, doesn't it? She literally pulled a Gaga and was like, it looks an awful lot like that. So basically this audio is bizarre because the key, the police are like, we have more details. Do you want your husband to leave? And she's like, no, I want my husband to stay in the room. And you hear her talking to her husband, and she's saying, uh, they tell her, I'm sorry, that they find out who did, they, we found out who did this to you. And her husband's like freaking out, like, oh my God, like we need to know more. And she's just like, the woman, one of my captors, that woman, she's the one who also released me. So I owe her my life. She's the reason I get to hug my kids at night. Like, I can't snitch on her. And the, her husband's like, this is getting weird. Like, 
they're telling you that they have the the evidence, like they know who did this to you and you don't want to know. And she's just like, I don't want to press charges. This woman is the reason that I'm alive. She's the reason I can see my kids. Um, so she's like crying and she's sticking with the story, ten, to- ten toes down, like with her whole chest, like the woman who kidnapped me, I, I can't snitch on her. So finally the cops get sick of going back and forth and they spill the tea and they tell her that the DNA, they had a DNA match from her underwear and it belonged to her ex-boyfriend, James Reyes, who she dated in 2006. And the cops also verified that the photos they had were from his house and the furniture and all the shit she described was from his house. So the reason they got this ma- made this major discovery is because the state of California authorized the, the release of familial DNA. So basically they got permission to look for what other DNA data databases beyond law enforcement databases. So you know I'm already side-eyeing all these websites where they're like, look, look up your ancestry, like swab this shit and mail it in. I'm already side-eyeing them because I see here that they're saying databases, DNA databases beyond law enforcement databases. Uh, and allegedly I read that it was one of James Reyes's relatives who have done a similar test to that and they were able to make a match. I don't know if that's true. I'm not a fucking scientist. Either way, the DNA in the underwear belonged to James Reyes. So the cops put her on blast and they're just like, we know that you basically stayed in this Airbnb for 22 days. I'm paraphrasing. And then they start to describe shit in detail. And they're like, we know you broke your nose because you asked your ex to hit you, but he wouldn't. So you were like running into his hockey stick while he held it. Like there's something along those lines. And they also were talking about how she slammed her face into the tile floor because he wouldn't punch her. Um, and then she had him go to fucking Hobby Lobby and buy a wood burner so he could brand her with this like random fucking symbol. Literally, they like picked out a wood burner, picked a shoulder, talked through it. She cut her own hair. She's crying in, in while they're explaining this. Like They're explaining all this to her. She's crying, but she's still adamant that a Hispanic woman kidnapped her. So in my head, I'm like, this is giving like racist racist. Like, there's like regular races and racist racist, but whatever. Uh, shit is wild. Eventually, she realizes the jig is up, and she's like, I need a lawyer. I need to talk to my lawyer. <sighs> Stressful. Like I just am sitting here like, wow. So they find out that she'd been talking to her ex, James Reyes, for almost a year before her fake kidnapping. Uh, And he, this man, he sang like a bird. He sang like an American Idol contestant. He literally snitched on everything. When the feds showed up at his house, he told them everything they needed to know, from how she was beating herself up to how she was starving herself to lose weight to how she cut her own hair. And I guess she would hang out at his house while he worked during the day. So I guess he only, allegedly, he only complied with her weird requests because she told him her husband was abusive. That is what I have read. And that's why she was hiding. And so she needed his help to get away from an abusive husband. But we also learned that he was the person who drove her back, too. So he picked her up, and he's the one who drove her back. So apparently she sat in the back seat and put on her shackles and her costume, getting ready for the big reveal on the freeway when she would you know, act like she just escaped being kidnapped. So as we continue to move forward, her husband, Keith, jumps, ships, jumps ship and is like, fuck this shit. Like, I do not want her around my kids. The cops, c- cops concluded that she had made literally everything up. So we're going to fast forward again to April of 2022 this year. And this is when Sherry pleaded guilty to mail fraud and making false statements. She was sentenced to 18 months in prison, followed by a 36 months of supervised release. Now, her husband, Keith, filed for divorce two days later uh, after her conviction. 
the speculation is that he waited until she'd been sentenced uh, so that he can get full custody of the kids without any issue. So Sherry was ordered to also pay, in addition to her sentence, she was also ordered to pay $310,000 in restitution. Now, according to People Magazine, here's the breakdown of that. So the staged kidnapping allegedly cost the California Victims Compensation Board over $30,000 in therapy visits and an ambulance trip. Uh, the cost to the United States Social Security Administration was more than $127,000, and she will be required to pay that back as well. She will also have to pay back $150,000 to the Shasta County Sheriff's Office um, because they were the law enforcement agency that investigated this bogus kidnapping, and she owes $2,600 to the FBI. Now, what's even crazier than everything that we've just gone over is that there's never been a clear, clearly revealed motive behind why she did any of this. And when they asked her to corroborate her ex's story about how she was running away because she was being abused by her husband, Keith, she said basically that she's not talking shit about her husband and that she loves him and she just wants to be with him and her kids. So this shit is fucking bizarre. Harper's bizarre. Like, I just can't really wrap my head around it because the resounding question is why? Why did she run away? Was it just to have a little getaway? I feel like there's easier ways to cheat on your husband because... I mean, there just are. Also, she had other guys in her phone, all the sneaky links, so it's it seems like maybe she was wanting to leave the marriage. I don't know, but I feel like there's easier ways, but maybe she wanted an extended stay, like a leave, like to go on leave, where she could just step away from her marriage for a month or so. And allegedly, she didn't, she was only, she wasn't going to come back as soon as she did, but she came back because she missed her children. So that is what brought her back. Um... Lord knows how long she was planning to stay or what the thought process was. Uh, no one understands it. Uh, her husband doesn't get it. Her ex-husband, Keith, doesn't understand. Um, the ex-boyfriend doesn't get it. The police don't get it. I don't fucking get it. And I would love to know what your thoughts are. <laughs> why do you think Sherry Papini, Sherry, if you're listening, I mean, and you just want to let me know, why? What was the reason in my Cardi B voice? What was the reason? Why did she fake her own kidnapping, and go through all of this. Mutilation, I mean, branding yourself, banging your head onto the floor. What was the reason? So I want to thank you all for listening to this episode. If you have other stories that you think would be a great fit for the show, feel free to reach out to me, and I would love to cover those. Um, And in the meantime, you just keep making better decisions than the people that I mention and feature on this show, and you'll be all right. So thanks for tuning in. And uh, yeah, have a good one.